Because as we have learned, God is there with us. He gives us a song in the night. And when we apply our faith to that and we sing that song, it breaks us free and gives us the strength to be able to move on. And we've seen the example of Abraham where God became a light to him in his darkness. And he revealed himself to him even in the midst of all the uncertainties and everything that surrounded his life and the promises that God had given him. We will pick up the story from there today because there are a few things in Abraham's encounter with God that I want us to learn, which will help us to understand why God puts us through the furnace, why God puts us through trials. Maybe you already know. Because the Bible says we should count it all joy when we go through adversity and adversity works experience and on and on and on. And we, we know that. But from God's viewpoint, why does he do that? He saved us. We've been bought by the blood of Jesus and we are his own. Why does God put us through trials and adversity? So as we close up on this theme of thriving in adversity, we want to know why. And once we know why, it makes it a bit easier for us to appreciate those dark nights and appreciate those uncertain moments of our lives. So join me today even as we look at the purpose of the iron furnace. What do I mean by that? Iron furnace? Yes, the purpose of the iron furnace. That is a figurative way of saying the purpose of our trials. Oh boy, so convoluted, right? Okay, so join me. Let's go to Genesis chapter 15. Abraham is in the process of having God make a covenant with him. So God revealed to him everything that he was going to do to him and his generation and all. And God, that is the goodness of God, showing us the milestones on our journey. Amazing. But in verse 15, I will say Genesis 15, 15 says, Now as for you, that is God talking to Abraham now, you shall go to your fathers in peace. 
you shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they, that is Abraham's descendants, they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And I want to pause here for us to just explore this thought a little bit before I continue with verse 17. So in effect, God is telling Abraham, okay, you are going to live to a very, very old age and you are going to die in peace. That is a comforting thought. But your children, they are going to be in slavery for 400 years. And in the fourth generation, they shall return here, here being the land of Canaan, where God was making his covenant with the people, Abraham. And the reason God gives is very fascinating. He says, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Let us break this down a bit. 400 years. So I, I, I was wondering why 400 years? Why not 50 years? Why not 100 years? But fourth generation, 400 years, I'll move them to this place. And look very carefully. God tied their leaving Egypt in 400 years to something else that he is doing. He says, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Huh. So this begins to help us to understand. Sometimes we may be in a certain situation and we are crying out for God. I need redemption now. I need redemption now. And God may be saying, wait, wait, wait. The waiting period may be very uncomfortable, very painful, but your waiting and God's timing are tied to God's will and God's purposes. So God is saying they will have to be here for 400 years because I'm dealing with the Amorites and their iniquity is not yet up. I don't want to displace them until after 400 years. In that fourth generation, that will be enough time to make decision that these Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, it is okay to boot them out of the land and give that land to you. So those 400 years is not just a number God plucked from somewhere. It is a number that is tied to his sense of justice, his sense of fairness, and his grace. So we may be in an uncomfortable situation we are praying. God may have to rearrange the pieces somewhere else to get us where we have to be. So learning to, be wait, to wait on God, learning to be patient with God, helps us to get God's best. So if you're in Egypt for 400 years and you are crying out, you know, your pain reaches heaven and everything. But God is saying, wait, because the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. God is a just God. God is at the same time a God of love and a God of mercy. He is not going to promote his love at the expense of his justice. He balances all his attributes perfectly. So it's the 400 years in Egypt is tied to the iniquities of the Amorites being up. 
child of God, I don't know how much you are praying about some situations in life and some things. It's always good to see things from God's perspective. That helps. That helps us to see the bigger picture. God says to wait, not because he doesn't have the power to get you out. God is saying to wait, not because he doesn't love you enough. Actually, it's because he loves you enough. That's why he says to wait. So wait. I say, oh, well, it's so hard. I'm going to go out and help God. I'm going to do it my way. Well, you can do it your way, but you won't get God kind of results doing it your way. So the 400 years is tied to God's justice. It's tied to God's fairness. It's tied to his timing and his principles. It's not just any number. Because God says the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Will it be that your breakthrough is tied to some other purposes of God? Possibly. You have to learn to wait and to hope for the bigger picture to be revealed to you. That is what Abraham got. Now verse 17. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. Those pieces meaning those animals that Abraham had sacrificed that they were going to use for the covenanting process. Two things appeared there. It was all dark. The only light Abraham could see in that gross darkness is a smoking oven. The alternative where there is a smoking furnace and a burning torch. That is God's presence manifested physically passing through those animals to complete his signature on that covenant with Abraham. That's how God signed off. Smoking oven and a burning torch. He sends light dwells with God. His presence is the light, the torch. But it also came with the smoking furnace. If we are ever going to see God, if we are ever going to embrace the purposes and the ways of God, we have to embrace his totality. He's not just a God of love. He's also a just God. He's not just only a just God. He's also a holy God. All of his attributes play together. Don't ever separate the attributes of God. That is very dangerous. Okay, because God is a merciful God. I can go and do anything that I like and then also Believe him to forgive me and I'm going to be fine. Yes, you're going to be fine, but you are playing with the justice of God. His holiness demands certain characteristics of his children. And so we can't just trample on his holiness and promote his love. That won't get us the results of God. And that is dangerous. So here we see both his justice his love, his everything, but at the same time, we also see his refinement. The smoking oven and the smoking furnace is symbolic 
of the kind of pain and suffering, the refining process that will be required in those 400 years in Egypt. What am I saying? The smoking oven or the smoking furnace is descriptive of what those 400 years in Egypt is going to be like for the people of Israel. Being through any smelter, the only thing you experience is heat and the nuisance of smoke, pain and suffering. So in effect, God was prophesying about the destiny or the future of Egypt, of Israelites in Egypt. He was, he told Abraham his fate. Now he's figuratively telling Abraham the fate of the people of Israel. But let's remember, it is also tied to God's justice and grace on the people who were already in the land of Canaan and is waiting for them maybe to repent before he brought judgment upon them. So what does the smoking furnace, why does God need to reveal this to Abraham? Why does God need to put people through the furnace anyway? Why doesn't it just be a burning torch? Just give light and grace and everything is all nice and fine. And you also talked about a smoking oven here to Abraham. How was it so necessary? Now, this is so crucial in the experience of the people of Israel that it will be captured in their vocabulary. If you go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 4, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 20. So Moses was recapping everything that he had been through and was trying to let Israel know who they are and how they have to relate to God. Verse 20. But the Lord has taken you, that's Moses talking to the nation of Israel, and brought you out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt, to be his people, an inheritance as you are this day. So Moses somehow also got to understand the significance of those 400 years in Egypt as God revealed it to Abraham. How he knew, I don't know. But God revealed to Abraham that smoking furnace in that, on that plains in Canaan that day. So those 400 years of living in Egypt is akin to being in an iron furnace. Just the sheer pain. If you can't imagine what it feels like for 400 years of slavery, liken it to living in a furnace. Complete deprivation. Constant pain. That is what it is like. And God is saying here that that is part of his plan and his purposes for them. What? 400 years of living in an iron furnace just so you could justify your judgment on the Canaanites and inhabitants because their iniquity was not yet up. Why not keep them in a freezer? Why keep them in a furnace? 400 years. But that was part of God's plan and purposes. Child of God, will you embrace this as the will of God for you? If you are living in Egypt, in those moments, as a child of God, you know, as, as a Jew or as an Israelite, in those days, would you be thankful to God? Yeah, I mean, will you be thankful? Bible says in everything, be thankful. Will you be thankful? Bible says rejoice when you go to... Can you rejoice under these circumstances? So graphic 
suffering and he says this is part of the deal so we will not understand why the chastening of the Lord is painful but this is not the end of the story and we have to have that understanding so Moses told them when he brought you out of that iron furnace out of Egypt so he likened Egypt to being in the iron furnace go with me again to first Kings chapter 8 where Solomon was dedicating that temple first Kings let's go let's look at first Kings chapter 8 and look at how this description has carried on into the vocabulary of the people of Israel okay so he's dedicating the temple and this is what he said that's talking about the people of Israel for they are your people and your inheritance whom you brought out of Egypt out of the iron furnace so even when we're dedicating the temple they had moved on their settled. the sheer pain the, the the horrors of their suffering in Egypt is still carried on in their lexicon Solomon in this glorious moment reminds God that he brought them out of the iron furnace out of Egypt the source of their pain and he likens it to be in an iron furnace it's been sheared into their conscience seared sorry seared into their conscience that this moment this 400 years is like living in an iron furnace so I can imagine their relief when they got out of Egypt but why does God do that? Why did he? We, we've seen one reason. It's because the iniquity of the Amorites were not yet up. So he's holding them. They are in this holding pattern. 400 years. Why is God justice plays out? But there is a purpose. If we go to Jeremiah chapter 11. Let's get closer to why God did this. And why it's so important for us as children of God. To embrace the chastening of God and the trials that he puts us through. Even as we close on this very, very important subject of learning to thrive in adversity. So in Jeremiah chapter 11, God was speaking to the prophet, to the men of Judah and Jerusalem. And this is what Jeremiah said. And to say to them, that says the Lord God of Israel. Cursed is the man who does not obey the words of, his, of this covenant, which I commanded your fathers in the day I brought them out of the land of Egypt from, guess what? The iron furnace. Saying, obey my voice and do according to all that I command you. So shall you be my people and I will be your God. So God is now alluding to something. He asked them to obey his commandments and do all of this so they shall be his people and he will be their God. Remember, he already told Abraham that he's going to be their God and he'll bless them and blessed will be all, anybody who blesses them on and on and on. But God is still carrying on with the iron furnace narrative. And now this is what he's telling Jeremiah. Tell them, I brought you out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace so that vision that he showed abraham on the plains in canaan as they enacted that covenant 
He really meant it. It wasn't a joke. He really wanted to put these people through the furnace. Because he has a plan and a purpose for them. He has his own way of dealing with them for his own purposes. Let us be glad and be joyful when God sets his eyes upon us and is working on us to refine us, to purge us. Because fairness are for a purpose. And that is what we need to embrace. So what is that purpose? Why is God putting them through this? Let us go to the book of Isaiah for, to hear from God's perspective the importance of the iron furnace and the importance of our trials. Isaiah 48 from the verse 10. This is what God said. says, Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. So now he's beginning to Remove the covers for us to see. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Verse 11. For my own sake. For my own sake. I will do it. For how should my name be profaned. And I will not give my glory to another. So this is why God takes us through the trials. It's not about us. It is about God. It says, I have put you and tested you in the fairness of affliction for my own sake. For my own sake, I will do it. For how should my name be profaned? So there are two key reasons we go through trials. Because we bear the name of God. Because God doesn't want his name to be profaned. God is going to scrub us. He's going to take us through the furnace. He's going to take us through the trials for his name's sake, for his own sake. Because he doesn't want his name to be profaned and he doesn't want to give his glory to another. That is why he takes us through the trials, to protect his name. Child of God, as we bring this series on driving in adversity to a close, I want you to meditate on your life. Maybe when God brought the furnace, they will go in another direction. We quickly run away from it. The sun that God loves, he chastens. The tree that God wants to bear more fruit, he prunes. It's a painful experience. So for 400 years, God put these people through the iron furnace. Why? Because they have to bear his name. You can't bear the name of God and expect not to be refined. Because God doesn't want his name to be profaned. My encouragement to you is this. It may be painful, but endure it. Because at the end of the day, every refining process brings out the best in whatever is being refined. And if God is refining you, he keeps his eyes on the process. Remember, he timed it for 400 years. God has a clock on your trials. Even temptations, he says, you will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able. And even with the temptation, you will make a way. How much more when he's in the process of refining you? 
temptations that we can bring on ourselves will bring, even the God limits it what we are supposed to how much more when he's taking us through the furnace of trials and affliction he will keep his eyes on you he watches over you and he knows how much is needed to refine you and most importantly let's keep our eyes on the big picture it is about his name and it's about his glory so when you are rebuked when something happens and god makes you miserable and you get disappointments in life a failures come because you are depending on your own strength you haven't learned to depend on god god will make a way for you because he will fight for his name and you bear that name the honor of bearing the name of god is the grace of refinement thank you so much and i pray that through all your trials god will be able to purify you and bring you to a good place so that when you bear his name his name will not be profaned thank you so much and i believe god has blessed you if you haven't yet subscribed to this channel i'll recommend it subscribe and share this link to all your friends and loved ones may god richly bless you and may god help us to endure the fairness of refining so we come out pure as god may god richly bless you thank you Matthew 11, 28 to 29. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest.